When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You should. You should. And then after all that training, we'd get it all wrong on Sunday morning and we were down with a bang. the 11th of June 1964 I think I, I 
I was looking forward. I thought I'd go to Dublin because I had two sisters in Dublin, and I was, you know, but I hadn't a really big plan. I, I thought my parents would decide, maybe, you know. Well, we were probably lucky that around uh, when we left school, there were jobs. I mean, you always had civil service, you had the banks, you had Guinnesses, you had, you know, companies like that who were employing people. So you had all those options because not that many people went to university. A lot of people, all right, uh, did nursing or became teachers and it was easier probably to get into those things then so you really didn't have to worry about getting a job you knew you were going to have something to do you weren't going to be walking the streets and most of us would have left Clomel anyway after we finished school a lot of people went to Dublin a lot of people went nursing to England I don't think we really knew what we wanted to be Uh, I mean girls really didn't have as many opportunities either it was more limited I mean, you didn't have girls becoming engineers. Not that many girls became doctors either. There certainly wasn't any in our class. Uh, when I when I got a job, um, that was life. I was enjoying life from then but on. Do you really. think like, that maybe being in boarding school had a lot to do with that, that we were so restricted here? I noticed now last night that a lot of the day girls seem to have progressed yes. on to further education yes. and doing night courses yes. and that sort of thing. Yes. Rather, I think we were so restricted here. It was like a life sentence, and at last we were released, and we didn't want to think anything that reminded us of, you know, this boarding school atmosphere again, you know, because, I mean, so many of them have gone on to do advanced studies, and we they're still doing it. We are used to being told what to do. Yeah. That, mm. We couldn't think for ourselves, right. really, you know. But there wasn't that much pressure at that time, really, to get high pints like that. There was no pressure at all. But we didn't seem to have the ambition ourselves, like, did we? Like, the day but girls seemed to do. But this when the pressure wasn't like there, yeah. like today... Once you got a job, you... That was this, was, exactly. I think this was the main you, aim. You, you got you employed, you earned a wage, yeah. and, you know, you got yeah. married and you had children. And the time was such that possibly only two could think of going to university for economic reasons. I mean, that's one of the facets that is interesting of that time, that nobody could have the perspective for, for financial reasons of going to university. Don't forget, at the time, you had to pay to go to university. There was no... I got a university scholarship, but if you didn't get a university scholarship, you had to pay. And living outside Dublin, you had to pay fees and you had to pay boarding. And that was outside the perspective of many people. Oh, look! (laughs) Come on, Teresa. (laughs) Give us a turn. At what? Irish Now, um, I will be brief. Did you ever hear that before? Yeah. Where? I will be brief. Tis true, tis a pity, and pity tis, tis true. But I will be brief. I just want to say how delighted and how pleased I am. It's difficult to express, really, how happy we are to have you here tonight and to recapture the atmosphere.
I suppose we're going back 34 years, really, and we seem to be enjoying it again for a short time. And I don't know why, but Val Durgan sings a song. It's good to be back again in my hometown, in my own land. Now, that's true for some of you, literally. And it's true for all of you, in a sense, that you're back to your old alma mater. Whether we like it or not, our roots began there, didn't they? And I hope the roots were, shall I say, pleasant. And I like to take this opportunity, whether it's appropriate or not. You know, when a past pupil comes to me and says, oh, I remember you. You remember the day you... My heart stops. Well, what did I... <laughs> so if at any time, you know, we did hurt or a bit short, we didn't mean it. It's all part of the day, all parts going through. So don't take it too seriously. So, pardon? <laughs> so, oh no, they were very pleasant. You really, really, I'm, the more I look back, the more I appreciate that you were so good, but we didn't appreciate how good you were at the time. You know, unappreciated angels. Now, that's all I've got to say, and I hope the rest of the night will be very happy for you. Thank you very much. Well, sing as we're incapable of singing. Sister Joseph can sing the Kerry dance. Come on, sister. Sing over the days of the Kerry dance. Will you sing over the days of the Kerry dance? My own Oh, for one of those stars of gladness. Gone, alas, like a youth too soon. The boys began to gather in the glen of a summer's night, and the merry pipers threw the wild delight. Oh, to think of it, oh, to dream of it, fills my heart with Oh, the days of the curry dancing, oh, the ring of the pipers' tune. Oh, for one of those hours of gladness gone, alas, like a youth too soon. I always believed, Mary, that boarding schools were necessary evils because there is no substitute for the home and that broader education. But when you had children had to come from long distance and cold, frosty mornings, and then they come to a boarding school, you see, you have to move in 60s or 70s or 80s. And that, of its very nature, is very confining and restricting. While the day girls went home, they mixed with their friends, and friends came in and they went out and they walked and so it was much broader. Often said if I were married, I certainly wouldn't send my children away to a boarding school. Because the party was too great. Some of them were terribly lonely. They cried for nights and nights and days and days. You know, my heart just go out to them, really. But then, later on in life, you tell you that, you know, they got such a 
a formation that it prepared them for life afterwards when they went away on digs and then, you know, they were better able to cope. They did benefit from it, but perhaps it was too high a price. We all saw you, all of you, as, as a group of teachers, as fantastic teachers, but almost unapproachable as friends. Yes. I would think, Mary, that that could be true. Yes. And I would think it had to do with um, religious formation to a great extent. Our particular order, we were really contemplatives. And that spilled over. Like communicating with them and befriending them wasn't encouraged. And that was a big mistake, I would say, and I regret that. And when you're moulded in that, then you get uh, a natural reserve. There was a lot of silence. There was a lot of silence in the body. Because so. you were almost nuns. Sorry? You were almost nuns with it. got up at seven <laughs> in silence supposedly yes you came over to mass in silence right. you waited for mass and they might be delayed about 10 20 minutes in the chapel waiting for a celebrant that was very hard you came back then you had break me you went up the dormitory and you did your own little chores up there tidied the cubicle silence, you went down to if there was time left over you went down to study hall for study between that and the next and school opened 
You came back and you lined up in silence. You sat down to dinner and then after a few minutes you could speak. The bell. <laughs> and then before the end to get tidied up and to get out of school in time, the bell will go over silence again. At ten four o'clock, recreation. You turn to study. Five, half five. Tea at four in silence. Tea four in silence, right. Then you went down to recreation. Five, four plus five. Mm -hmm. Study until seven. And open the car door for your tea. In silence. Then same routine. The things were served, you spoke. Silence again. More study. Until half eight. Nine o'clock. Then we'll just add recreation. And then half nine. Night prayers. Up to bed in silence. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. Exactly. Exactly what it was like. Silence. Fuck it. Fuck it. I just think you missed all the skirts. <laughs> the silence. Other than noise, but no. Oh. That natural one. Silence is different, isn't it? She's actually kind of her pajamas. Wasn't it beautiful? Oh. <laughs> you went through it, did you? <laughs> For real. Dreadful. Just dreadful. So sad. So sad. I thought of looking out the window, waiting for her mother to walk up the drive, and she'd get a bus to come and visit her and take her out for some food. Did you ever fear you were going mad? No, not till afterwards. I have had a lot of venom tucked up inside me over this. It's my motivation for everything. I fought to get out of it. Yeah, there was a clearly sitting in the team room. I was trying to do expectations. The first thing was just to get out of the place. I've been I've been running away from here for 34 years. Because I really felt when I was here, I was being hemmed in. I, I just kind of felt my freedom was taken away a bit, like really. You just couldn't come and go, I suppose. You know, we'll take, for instance, the day girls now. They were able to come, go, go off for a cycle, go off for a walk. But we did everything by the clock, didn't we? You know, there was this roster that had to be adhered to at all times, wasn't there? You know, I found that, even at that age now, very restricting. Now, other people mightn't have found that at all. It was just me. 
And I certainly wouldn't have sent a child to boarding school. No way. So maybe subconsciously they weren't the happiest days of my life. How did you regard the boarders? Did you know the boarders? No, Were you I aware of the no. Difference? We didn't really know you very well at all. There wasn't much opportunity. Apart from the no. class format. There were no social occasions. I mean, we never even sort of had uh, trips uh, out to the concert hall or anything like that together. You know? No, there was... Nothing was ever organised in that No way. opportunity for social interchange with the boarders, getting to know people better. Um, I just remembered feeling that it was sad for boarders that they couldn't go home to their families in the evening. A sort of a loneliness that must yes, be felt. Yes, I was very conscious of that too. The boarders were always whisked away to prayers or meals. I mean, the, our friendships, our, our friendship time was our lunch times, for example, going home together in the in the evening, and that that wasn't available to boarders. You were always whisked away. Mm. Even sports was segregated. I seem to remember. Yes, the boarders did sports at different times to the day girls, so there was absolutely no opportunity. <laughs> These were the doors. These were, I've never been up here no, before. Never been up here. Oh, my goodness. Look. And this is the way they were. There's somebody it? sleeping there. Oh, my goodness. Did they have the beds and all? Well, just you, like. And did you have your own bed? Let's see. Oh, my goodness. How did you feel when you walked in here yesterday? Blitzed. Cool. Well, they all have a washing machine. Did you sleep Of course. How do we wash on this? Cold water, but wash hand basins. Yes, cold water. Well, that was quite okay, wasn't it? I mean, you had some kind of a. <laughs> but no oh, hot water. Oh, my goodness. It must have been freezing in the winter. Look, it says hot. It came out hot on a Saturday. No. <laughs> a weekend treat. <laughs> I'd say to you. They put wallpaper on the brown. <laughs> Oh, look. The same wardrobes. <laughs> That's right. Very same. But the wallpaper's made it so you bright, looking by comparison to it. Oh, yeah. All that colour. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. Uh, I don't think we'd mirrors, had we? No, no mirrors. mirrors. No. How could you get that? how you look. You weren't supposed to look at yourself, I suppose. You had no mirrors. No, no. Vanity wasn't encouraged, I guess. No, no way. How many years were you here now? What? Five. Five. Yeah. Five, seven. Good gracious. It's You put all your clothes for, in there for every eight years, stitch. For ten years, same one? Every stitch yeah. you had had to be emptied from the cases and they always put down in the trunk room. We couldn't give a thing in our cases, mm. you know. So what did you have in that wardrobe? Everything. Just every yes. single two thing we owned. Two uniforms and, yes, and five blouses or something. Yeah. Gosh. Jumpers was in those days with a... Yes. And a red collar attached on. With gold pins. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> A red collar attached yeah, on to a navy jumper. It must have been very light. 
Because we never washed them. No. They must really? have stank this. You just washed the the collar. You took off the collar every week and sent it off to the laundry. And what did you wear underneath? Just jumpers. Yeah. Oh, it must have been very sort of itching, scratching stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <coughs> Convent education, I think, was probably the best form of education. When you look now at some kids coming out of school, um, I think that probably their idea was to make ladies out of, us, out of us, which is not a bad thing, really. I don't know whether we turned out as ladies, but um, I think they did a pretty good job on us. When I think about our education at that time, it was an inherited system, and we did what we were told and we weren't expected to have ideas and I think we went out into the world and in ourselves we were questioning but we were still tied into a system which gave us no confidence to express ourselves and that we were shy to come forward now I think then as we went on we realised we did the questioning but maybe not overtly and that we I know for myself I kept a lot of thoughts to myself because sometimes when I presented them out they got squashed by people and that was hurtful and therefore I learned to keep my ideas to myself. I, I often think about it now in terms of our endurance and stoicism and I can see it, I mean, most of the people that I went to school with have great kind of grit and they'll just put stuff to the back of their minds and not comment and not complain and not give out. It was a thing about dampening down expectations, in fact. Because if, if you didn't have to, if you couldn't give a reason to why you couldn't have something, then you obviously should be able to have it. And if you, if you could have it, why not? It was easier to be in control of the intellectual than it was really to be in control of the emotional, and I think that was the big issue around that era. The idea that you wouldn't talk openly about your emotions to your best friends, even. I, will, I, I didn't do that till I was quite older. About your fears and your, your uncertainties. The idea was that if you could intellectually beat something, then you could do it. Um, the the nuns ethos came from serving, and I mean they're still continuing to serve, and it, and we did get some of that. It sort of seeped in there, without without you knowing it. You know, the overseeing person was God, and we were doing everything for Him and. And the state had been founded, I suppose, on martyrdom. The whole thing about sort of rebellion and fighting against the English and we were very new and 
we were really emerging from the peasantry as such. Like, so on the one hand, there was a sacrifice for the state, and on the other, it was for God. So it was, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking around me in the convent, and I'm looking at some of the, the religious pictures, and I'm looking at the crucifixions and all of this, and we didn't see anything wrong with all this blood and, you know, somebody with the nails stuck through and everything like this, because that was kind of part of the ethos. And yet I thought we were quite modern. So. Amazing, really. So we have three farmers, is it? So Your farm is well, Bernadette. Joan's married yeah. to a farmer. Eileen, is that in Crewe, no? You're a farmer. No, no she's not anymore. So, so. But Bernadette, you milk she milked before she came in this evening. Really? Yeah. I said you milked before you came in this evening. Where are you living now? Claire, all she had to do was just walk in that door and put on this face and anything you learned went flying <laughs> out the door and she'd wait until you were about halfway through, especially in geometry. You're just down at the end, you were saying, God, this is brilliant. And then she'd come, August Cain Fall. 
Yes. And it was like being stopped in the middle of the confetti. <laughs> I mean, you hadn't a clue, and you'd have to get stopped again. And of course, if you really understood it, you'd have been able to say, because the operation task, such thing, such thing, you say, but we need to learn off as we had, you know, especially for the first year. And then it was Colleen Ella, and we were up against the wall, <laughs> yet again. Why were we being taught in Irish? I'll ask you in a minute. Why were we being taught in Irish? Why why was everything in Irish? Does anyone ever we got extra marks for doing our exams through Irish. Yeah. I, I remember maths being easier through Irish. Irish than English, you know, especially the geometry. That's right. It was really a promotion of Irish at the time, wasn't it? Irish. You know, Gaelin and that were very important, you know, and the fauna. You all, you know, fine, yeah. And actually, you, you learned your lessons better in Irish than you did in English. And it's much easier to learn the Kemtrita in Irish than it was in English. That's right. Yeah. But it was all part of the, the, the transitional Irish, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all part of cultural identity. To go into certain jobs in those days, be it civil service or something, you had to have Irish. You know that it was it was mandatory, and that was it. And I think we all sort of thought along those lines that we're learning it for a cause, for a reason. Has anybody got those all the time? <laughs> no, no, I wish we had. They're back in fashion. <laughs> we shared them. <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, can you still do a hedge tail and top no. stitching? I can do the top stitching. Never do yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the buttonhole. Yes. yes. The buttonhole, I could do a buttonhole, but yeah. it wouldn't be great, but I could do it. And the way, the neat way we used to do it. Yeah. And all those things of how to put in a button. Yes. And turning the heel of a That's right. <laughs> Doing the toe. Yes. Yeah. What other things now? Doing the darn. Yes, we darn. darn. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. All I remember are these overgrown sized drawers, you know, the old-fashioned knickers with the long legs. And my only achievement in the sewing industry was just ripping and re-sewing the crotch. I never got it beyond that, and it never came up to expectations. It was done and redone and redone. When it was done by the time I was finished with after it, it was actually black. So I'm afraid I never developed a liking for sewing. You know, I wonder why. <laughs> so this is my thing. Now I think I have a room all to myself. <laughs> No wonder you don't remember this. Oh, you see, for a fiver. <laughs> you could buy three and done for a fiver. <laughs> no effort. Mary. 
And do you remember we had a PE teacher and okay. was it? it and was. when our when we would bend down or something, you'd see the top of the stockings. Mm -hmm. And she said that she called them smiles. But she said she could see great big laughs around with us. <laughs> do you remember that? No. no. I'm sure she called them smiles and laughs. The top of the stockings. Yeah, that's it. She was the lady, wasn't it, that had checked us out wearing roll ons. That's right. Yes. That, that we shouldn't be wearing we them. That, our uh, our, they were doing the, 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 what our own body should be doing. That's right. That's I think she was the first person who told us about BO and deodorant. Right. <laughs> Mum. Mum. She introduced us to Mum. Our official introduction. We never heard of BO. We smelt it, but we never heard of it. <laughs> address something that's been bothering some of us for 40 years. How come the day girls got to mix with the boys and we didn't? For <laughs> <laughs> the rule at the time. <laughs> I wasn't really in charge of the borders, so I couldn't speak for that. No? Yeah. No, not really. Not really. I wasn't really. I had nothing to do with that. Our days were punctuated with going downtown for lunch and seeing who we saw or whoever was around the main street. And what route you took. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The only thing we ever saw was them vaguely passing in the distance up and down the river on the boats. Or else out and your eyes out on sticks, Teresa. Or if we had the luxury on our walk off the Dungarvan Road on a Sunday, Crocodile. if we, of course, we were advised to cast our eyes downwards when they were passing, but if we did happen to raise an eyebrow, you know, that we did see them, but that was it. And yet all this luxury of actually being in contact with them. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. We did a lot of exams before we finished our leaving, like civil service exams and things like that. And I, shortly after, I think just after we got our results, I got called civil service department of Post and Telegraphs in the GPO. And uh, I spent five months, I think, there. Well, in the meantime, we all did IQ tests for Erlingus. So we all went to Cork anyway. And um, there was another group in before us and there were a few of the lads from the high school. And they came out and they and we said, what was it like? I said, oh, we've never seen anything like before. It was shapes and boxes. And we said, what? And we thought, oh, they're messing, you know, can't be. So sure enough, we came, <laughs> went in and it was an IQ test, an aptitude test we'd never seen before. But um, we obviously came through it anyway because three of us actually did start working in Erlingus. Uh, I joined in early 65 and then in 71, September 71, I had to resign because I was getting married. I had a, an older sister who worked with the OECD in Paris. So I thought this was wonderful that you could go and work abroad. So uh, I went to work with the Department of Foreign Affairs and then I did a competition for the United Nations. So I worked in Geneva for a few years and then in New York. And now I work for the EC. My name is Mari Cross and I'm presently ambassador in Prague uh, and to Ukraine. I was Mary Keating, and I was the first married woman allowed to stay in the Department of Foreign Affairs. Well, when I left, I had decided that I was going to enter. I decided that before I left, because I just felt, look, this is what I am called to do. 
and it was really only sometime, I'd say maybe shortly before I left here, that I kind of decided like that, um, yeah, maybe it was good to come here. And I suppose when I would have kind of moved on when I was here a few years, I mean, I entered straight after leaving, leaving school and went to college and then I came back teaching here. And I was teaching here for four years and then I was principal here for five years after that. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll sing one song and that's it. Okay. I, I hope, I, I think that the nuns might know this, remember this one. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. For, for the time in our lives when it was. Okay? Girls, I would like you to join in this one for the time in our lives it was. Sweet 16. Okay. I hope I get the right ear. When first I saw the love light in your eyes, I thought the world held not much joy for me. And even though we've drifted far apart, I never dreamed but what I dreamed of thee. I've loved you as I've never loved before. Since first I met you on the village green, come to me, all my dreams of love are all. I've loved you loved you since you were sweet. Wait, I get the high note. Since you were sweet 16. And we still have. <laughs> As I look around, I see women who have come successfully through life, developed we're all around the same age, all heading into menopause, looking well on it, um, appreciating life. Good fun, enjoying each other's company, able to mingle, able to be honest, able to share, and to reminisce and laugh. And I think that's lovely. Very few people are out of Ireland except by choice. Which was, which was quite interesting because I would have thought before us and after us people emigrated because they had, they had to. No one's in America. I think one person's divorced. Nobody's dead. Maybe most people seem happy enough. Hard to know. So maybe something was done right. Mm-hmm. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.